Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. You'll be Severely disappointed. Nobody does any good. I'm just emphasizing the fact we need to keep it on Jesus Christ. One day we're going to meet him. Isn't that good? (laughs) And you're like, when I meet Jesus, I'm going to be like, you are a whole lot greater than I ever thought you were. (laughs) We can't imagine how great. But if you base it on me or, you know, your your Adrian Rogers or your Chuck Swindoll or your MacArthur that y'all bring up often, if you base it, oh, they're so wonderful, they're so wonderful. One day they're going to slip and they're going to fall, and then you're going to be heartbroken. And when you're heartbroken, you're going to realize, I made the mistake of basing it on them. I've seen pastors fall, and it breaks my heart because when pastors fall, the first thing people do is they criticize them and they attack them and they speak bad of them. I can't believe I trusted that man for 10 years. I can't believe I got under his uh, leadership for 10 years. He, he did me wrong. He messed up one time and you cut the men. There was a, 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 I know I'm kind of going on, but uh, there was a church that uh, had a falling out with their pastor that um, I knew a lot of the people in the church and I knew the pastor. And he made a dumb mistake. I'll admit, it was a mistake I'd like to think I would have not made, but he made a dumb mistake. He hurt a lot of people. The church said, well, you can't stay here. It was pretty bad. You got to go. And a lot of people got mad and they quit the church and they haven't been back because I don't trust any pastor now if he's going to turn out like him. And whenever they would talk to me about this pastor, well, Ray, you don't know the whole story. You need to hear what he did. And they're talking bad about him, talking bad about him. And I would just get so heartbroken. And they're like, what's got you so upset? And I said, the fear that I'm going to do that to somebody someday myself. People that got under me and listened to me and I make a mistake and then they will hold that grudge against me and criticize me to the ground over the mistake I made. Because they based righteousness on me instead of Jesus Christ. When your leaders make mistakes, you forgive it if it can be worked out. If if they unless they disqualify themselves from service, because I've seen some of them do that. Some guys have have done a disqualification from service that they could not return to ministry. But if it was a mistake and it hurts your feelings, don't amplify your hurt and take it out on that pastor. And people do that today, and I've had it happen to me before. But the error they made and why they took it out on me is because they invested in me. Don't invest your faith and your trust in me. Put all of that in Jesus Christ. I could be gone tomorrow. I don't know. I could die on the way home tonight. I pray not. Don't bring that up in front of Anna. She hates that. Because she says she's going to go Amish if I leave this earth. Because I do all the technology and all the internet stuff. She doesn't know how to do it. She'll go to run in a horse and buggy. 
But <laughs> I could be gone. If I'm gone, what are you going to do? Are you going to say, oh, gosh, Ray's gone. What do we do? I'll tell you what you do. You keep studying that Bible. You keep following the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what you do. Okay? No one is good. Not one. Psalm 53 and 4. Have the workers of iniquity no knowledge who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon God. We got a culture that doesn't call upon God. They want to call upon Donald Trump or they want to call upon Joe Biden. Either way is wrong. Now, I do believe in voting for our leadership. We've got to do that. But don't invest your hope in them and your trust in them like they're going to get us out of this. Have they no knowledge, he says. Have they no It's like, do you not know anything? And why do you not call upon the Lord God? It's almost, again, he says, the fool says in his heart, there's no God. Now, you may theoretically believe there is a God. You may theoretically or theologically agree that there is a God of this Bible that we read, but when you have problems and you go through difficulties and you don't call upon God, you're conducting yourself like there is no God. And that is foolish. If I get a headache before I make it to the medicine cabinet to take an aspirin, I'm praying first. I don't value the medicine cabinet before the Lord God. You see what I'm saying? Call upon God. Call upon God for everything. You can't sleep at night. Oh, what should I do? I shouldn't have had that coffee, this, that, or the other. Call upon God. You know, I have prayed myself to sleep before. I said, God, I can't sleep, so I'm just going to talk to you. And I started praying, and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, I felt guilty because I don't know where I left off in my prayer. God, where did I leave off? I want to pick it back up. <laughs> I'm sure God's like, it's okay. <laughs> you, got to, you got to sleep. Involve God in your life. Don't act like he doesn't exist, like you've got to fix everything. Have, you, have the workers of iniquity no knowledge. They eat up my people as they eat bread, and they don't call upon God. Friends, we've got to call upon God. Call upon God. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of people I wish they would call upon God before they call me on the phone. Ray, I got this issue. I got that. Did you pray? No. Did you, did you do all the things the Bible says to do? No, I didn't do that. I'm like, why are you calling me first? I mean, that really bothers me when people call me first, and they, they ought to know to pray. They ought to know to call upon God, and they, they don't. They call me. Don't base it on me. I don't do good because the Bible says so. We don't do any good. So if you don't call upon God, you're acting like somebody who doesn't believe God exists. And that makes us foolish. We don't want to be that. Verse 5, there they are in great fear where no fear was. For God has scattered the bones of him who encamps against you. You have put them to shame because God has despised them. Okay, they're in great fear where no fear was in the first place. You ever realize sometimes when you're really scared of something and you're afraid of the outcome of a series of events and, oh, my gosh, it's going to turn into this. And then suddenly you stop and go, wait a minute. I just imagined the whole thing. Have you ever created your own worst case scenario and realized that's not even the case at all? I just invented the whole thing. And you have arguments in your mind with the people that you think are going to stand against you. And you've got it all mapped out in your head how bad it's going to go and how afraid you're going to be. And there's no reason to fear in the first place. They're in great fear where no fear was. A lot of the times I find that the fear I have, I concocted it in my head. <laughs> I'll tell you the first time I went to do a message, a sermon, I was so scared everybody was going to, I was going to make a mistake and people were going to hate me. 
I was thinking the pastor of the church I was going to speak at was going to come and shut me down before I could finish. No, Ray, you're wrong. Get off the pulpit. And I was going to be embarrassed in front of all these people and that I, I could never have the boldness to get up and try it ever again. I already had myself defeated before I walked up on the stage. You ever do that to yourself? Yeah. I just volunteered you my thoughts. And don't look at me and go, gosh, Ray, you're so volatile. No, <laughs> I'm just telling you what sometimes we do. There in fear where no fear was. God has scattered the bones of him who encamps against you. God fights for you. We've seen him fight for Israel. Did you know God will fight for you too? If you don't know where your rent check is going to come from, or how you're going to make your car note, or how you're going to get past this health issue, or whatever it is, and you're so worried about it, and you didn't call upon God first, you called the pastor first, Ray, what do I do? I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do about your situation. Let's pray about it. Did you do that? No? Well, okay. Let's pray together. I mean, honestly, we should, as believers, know to do that before we take any other step. God fights for us, and God has put our enemies to shame because God has despised them. That's not just our enemies who come up against us. That's also imaginations that we concoct in our mind. We've got to take control of our imaginations and not let them run away. God has this, guys. He's got it. Verse 6. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion when God brings back the captivity of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. Kind of neat here. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion. I mean, that hadn't happened yet here. And yet it was being talked about before it was going to happen. The salvation coming out of Zion would be Jesus Christ. And it's our, Jesus is being talked about this far back in the Bible before he ever came up on the face of the earth uh, as a physical human being. So uh, the captivity of his people, you know, we've seen the captivity of his people a lot. When it says his people, that's talking about the Jewish people. I've been having some discussions with people lately about the Holocaust. I remember first seeing uh, film footage of the Holocaust in grade school. I don't remember what grade it was. I couldn't believe it. The bulldozers pushing the heaps of bodies off into a pit, and they were burning them and all that stuff. I couldn't believe such a thing ever happened. The captivity of his people, not just captivity like Holocaust, but cap- captive under sin, captive under unbelief, doubting that God existed, conducting their life like he wasn't there, God has done everything to present himself to his people. I chose you. I'm here for you. I've done all these great things for you, yet you still act like I'm not here. When God's going to bring back the captivity, when he sets his people free, let Jacob rejoice. Jacob is synonymous with the name Israel because that was Israel's name. He was named Jacob before he became Israel. And let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. You know, there's a great end to all this, that the Lord is going to fight for his people. They got to have the knowledge to call for him. They've got to say, you know what? He exists. I'm not going to be a fool. He's there. I know he's there. He's capable. He's almighty. I'm going to call for him. And he lays the enemy's waste. He, he despises them and he fights for his people. And he's going to restore them. And he's going to bring them out of captivity. This is a full-blown salvation picture here that we all need to get a, get a hold of ourselves. And your pastor, 
or your great book publishers or your wonderful radio guys and podcasters and all your ministry people, they're not going to be able to do this for you. There's not one who is righteous. Not one has done it. We've all got sin to the point we have nothing righteous in it at all. You know, the Bible says that our best righteousness is like filthy rags. Make a list of the top five best things you've ever done in your life. The top five best, most righteous, best you've ever done. Nothing tops this. I did this for the Lord. It's the best I could ever, ever do. Take those top five best things you've ever done. And imagine holding it in your hand saying, here, Lord God, here's the best I've ever done. It is a filthy rag to him. It's that bad. Now, I know you're thinking, why do anything, try to do anything right in the first place? Because we, we do it out of obedience. But your best, there's nothing good about it at all, except if it's done under the influence of the Holy Spirit by Jesus Christ. Friends, we have a great God, don't we? He came for us to save us, and we don't deserve it. He came to get us. When we're this bad, the only foolish thing about being a person as myself, the sinner that I am, the only foolish thing about me truly is to say that there is no God or conduct my life as though he does not exist. We need to conduct ourselves as though he is true. He does exist. We need to act like we believe it and stop conducting ourselves like we have to be so worried about what's going on. I don't need to worry about what's going to happen tomorrow, about my finances, or about war, or government, or economics, any of that kind of stuff, my health, whatever. I don't have to worry about it. God has it. If, if I don't acknowledge God and call upon Him, if I don't have the knowledge by now to call upon the Lord God for everything I'm contending with, that makes me a fool. I'm basically saying with my life, there is no God. We can't be like that. We're His people too, grafted in with the Jews. But one advantage we have is that we believe in him who is totally righteous. We believe in him who has no sin. That is the only thing we've got in our, the only feather we have in our hat. (laughs) And so that should be your standard. That should be who you look to. Again, I'm going to say it again. Do not look to me as your standard. I will let you down so fast, and I don't do it intentionally. I don't want to see your heart broke. I thought Ray was something better than he is. Don't base it on me. You base it on Jesus because he never will let you down, not one time. I think it has provoked me in times to reevaluate the people I used to look up to. I'll tell you, when I was a kid, there was a pastor I really, really looked up to way back in the day, some 40 years ago. I really looked up to him. I thought he was the greatest thing. Today, he is the biggest false prophet on planet Earth. Now, if I based it on him, I would be absolutely destroyed, but I'm not. I pray the man repents and gets saved for real and starts preaching the true gospel. But back in the day, uh, I met him, and I was ecstatic that I met him. I met this man. I met him. I I always told people, you know, I met so-and-so. I met him, and I was just so proud to say that. Now, you wouldn't want to say you met the guy. He's a mess. I pray you get saved, but I made the mistake of making him my standard. Now, I should have never done that. Keep your standard upon Jesus Christ, and that way when everybody else fails or makes mistakes, you've got the knowledge to call upon God, Lord, what should I do? My friend failed, my pastor made a mistake, whatever, what should I do? You forgive them, you work with them, you encourage them, you build them back up, and you move on. The same way as I would do for you. 
If you made a mistake, if you made a bad mistake, we'll work it out. We'll work it out. There's forgiveness. The same forgiveness offered for you as Christ gave to me. Okay? So I want everybody to think right now, okay, Ray just said I'm terrible. Um, (laughs) That's not what I said. I said there is none who does good. That's what I said. The only person that complained that can complain tonight is Russ because I told him his life was toilet paper. But um, I said there's none who does good. Something I want you to do right now, whatever you've been beating yourself up about, something that you've been hurt over that I feel deficient. I feel like I'm not good enough in this particular area, and it drives me crazy. I just can't function right because I'm just not good enough in this area. I want you to go ahead and admit, admit that you're not. You're not. Just admit it. Get, let's get it over with. I'm not going to sugarcoat. Whatever you're deficient at, you confess it to the Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, I'm just not good at this thing. Will you help me and call upon the Lord God? He's saying, do they not have knowledge? Is there any who understand who seek God? They should call upon him. I want you to take that pain that used to beat you up. I'm not good at this. I can't. I'm such a failure. And I want you to turn it over to the Lord God. Say, God, I admit it. I am terrible when it comes to this. Would you please help me in this area? And you watch what he does. Okay. I'm not here to knock you down. I'm here to pick you up. But I'm here to pick you up through Jesus Christ, not by saying, oh, go get them. You can pull it off. You can't. You need the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? I can't pull it off either. I'm a mess. As a matter of fact, if, you're as a, if you are as big a mess as me, maybe you will have a ministry one day too. That's the way I put it to everybody, okay? God loves to use the... Foolish things to confuse the wise. And we're done. I want to say one thing real quick. Um, I posted a picture of a kid from Africa with a guitar. Did y'all see that? That picture. Um, it, it is a guitar he made out of plywood. It's a cut out piece of plywood. And the back of it, the, the body part, the back has water bottles put on it. And he pulled strings out of I don't know what, and he drew lines where the, the little cords and the, the little fret bars or whatever they call them. And, and it looks like something somebody put together out of a trash heap, probably because that's all he had. And this kid was smiling ear to ear, look at my guitar. And he was so happy because now he can play with his worship team in Africa. And I thought, that right there, that's real worship right there. He didn't have a $20,000 soundboard to plug into. He didn't have amplifiers and, and, and electronics and things. He had this little guitar that he made himself. And he's just happy as can be that I can worship the Lord. Guys, we got to start thinking like that. We got to start thinking small, not thinking, oh, I'm not big as I should be. I'm not good. Get low. Lord, I'm not good at this area. This kid said, Lord, I'm not good at at guitar. I can't even buy one. Well, let's make one. I'm sure he knows better guitar than I do by now. (laughs) Guys, don't base it on people. If you base it on people, you're going to be pushed to think you have to be better than what you are, and you can never reach that. If I asked all of us to jump and touch the ceiling right now, not a one of us could do it. Nobody could jump and touch. Some of you are looking like, oh, I think I could probably do it if I tried hard enough. Okay. If we went to the Astrodome, 
and I asked you to touch the top. You could not do it, okay? That's for sure. Some of you can jump higher than me. Some of you probably could, but you're not going to touch the top. That is how inefficient we are when it comes to the grace, the perfect grace, when it comes to the perfect righteousness of God. We're not good enough. And rather than beat ourselves up over it, I'd rather you take comfort in the fact that where you failed, the Lord Jesus came and took over. Give it to him. Let him have it. We need to have enough knowledge to be able to call upon the Lord. Don't call upon your experience. Don't call upon, well, I think I can do it only to get heartbroken again. I didn't do it again. I failed again. I failed again. When am I going to turn it over to the Lord? Let him do it and watch what he does. Father, we thank you for your word in Psalm 53, Lord God. Lord, I have no problem saying that I'm not good enough. Lord, I have no problem saying that I've messed up in my past. Uh, There's people that hold it against me. Ray, we remember what you did. But Lord, I also know that when Satan reminds me of my past, all I got to do is remind him of his future. And Lord God, you have brought me to a point of perfection through your son, Jesus, that I could never get to on my own. So Lord, I don't mind saying that I have failed. I don't mind saying I'm the chief of all sinners like Paul did, because that allows me to boast in your son, Jesus. Lord, if I'm going to brag, I'm going to brag in Jesus rather than me. If I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord God because I can't rejoice in myself because I just don't have anything in me worth rejoicing about. I'm flawed. Lord, for anybody hearing me today that has struggled with this in their life about not being good enough, about I wish I was better, Lord, teach them to let go and let your son take over and have that peace that it's not based on me. I don't have to deliver by performance. I just obey because I want to obey. Jesus is the one who did all the work. Lord, that is so freeing. Lord, I'm thinking about people that I've lost to suicide, and I'm thinking about people that I've lost to, they've lost their mind to uh, various uh, worries, and they can't even function correctly because they're so consumed with how lacking they are. Lord, help your people understand that we need to turn it over to you. You are our standard. You are our righteousness, the, the righteousness we don't have. You, we, we look to you, Lord God, not to a pastor, not to any, any individual who wrote a bunch of great and wonderful books, not even the sweet old man that helped everybody work on their car or mow their lawn. But you, Lord Jesus, you are it. You're the only way. Teach us, Lord God, to make prayers before we go to the medicine cabinet for that aspirin, for a headache, that maybe we, the headache will be gone before we even get to the cabinet. Lord, we need to learn to call upon your name instead of being like the fool who says there is no God. Well, Lord, I've never said that, but by our actions, we are saying it. Forgive me, Lord God, for all the actions I've committed that says I don't believe in you. Father, forgive me for every time I had a lack of belief, a lack of faith in you, and help stir me towards looking towards you more. I just ask you to forgive me for that. Lord, I have no way to explain my way out of it. I did it. I'm guilty. I violated that. And it was wrong and I'm sorry. Forgive me. Pick me up. Let's move on, Lord God. Thank you that you're so forgiving and so loving that you came for a bunch of sinners like me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.